1: streaming health, happiness, and hope to the Reno community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen Furst. Well,
0: we're here with another episode of Kitty Talk, Stephen. I'm so excited because we have two very special people today. I'm really honored to have them in the studio with us.
1: Yeah, but you told me that I was special. (laughs) I know, but it gets old after a while. (laughs) I know I'm old, but that's all right. But, you know, I'm excited because, you know, I have insomnia. And when I wake up first thing in the morning, I turn on television. And I always turn on ABC News and I always see Philip Palmer there.
0: I do, too. I wake up with Philip. Too. I don't know why great. I don't this turn on a, the other stations, but I just happen Steven. to like ABC. I know, Some people ABC.
2: use it as a sleep aid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: we're so excited. to <laughs> have Philip Palmer and Dale Davis, who is an Emmy Award winning editor. So
1: welcome to the show,
0: Dale. It's great to
3: be here with you and Lori and Steve. Now, how do you two guys know each other? We met uh, about 10 years ago, 11 years ago. With, uh, I was freelance editing at ABC. Uh-huh. And we, we all worked on the weekend shift. And uh, got to know him then, and, and we play football and poker, and there was a college atmosphere to weekends.
2: Yeah <laughs> you know, we, we used to forget that uh, this was Los Angeles, and we were supposed to be highly trained professionals at what we do. Oh, okay. and, uh, so it was a so zoo-like we, atmosphere. Yeah, we, we, so
1: we, it was like Animal House in science. the newsroom. <laughs>
2: exactly. exactly. <laughs> I don't think you could put, put it better. <laughs> Short of oh, the food fight.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: Dale, when did you find out that you first had kidney failure and you were going to need a kidney?
3: Well, I found out pretty immediate. I mean, I'd been having headaches and... and, and I mean, horrible headaches that were progressively getting worse, and I kept putting it off going to the the, the doctor, thinking, "Well, I just need glasses so Finally, these headaches were so unbearable I uh, literally I would stand on my head in bed to try to alleviate the pain because I, I was popping you know tylenol and 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 every aspirin brand you can um, you can imagine and nothing was helping and with the probably pain. advil advil
1: which yeah. is of course bad for people it, with kidneys exactly yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so uh you know and i, I had really i really been fortunate to not have uh, a lot of medical issues in my life and i don't think i had been to a doctor you know ever and you know never had the flu nothing and so finally i went to the the eye doctor and um and he did the eye exam, and then uh, he said, well, you know, I can see hemorrhaging in your eyes. And wow. so he took my blood pressure, and it was something ridiculous, like 250 over 170. Oh, I mean I was, you didn't
0: have a stroke. I was
3: right there at stroke level. So he said, you need to go to the emergency room right away. And so I drove myself to the ER, and... Um, <laughs> Good thing yeah. you didn't stroke out. on <laughs> the Exactly. At that point, with the, the, the headaches and the hemorrhaging, I was thinking, I've got a, a brain tumor. You know mm-hmm. I mean? That's, so I get there, and of course, you know, they put you in the ER, and, and cell phones don't work. There's no landline. So I couldn't get a hold of anybody. So nobody knew where I was at. I was there for probably six or seven hours. Oh and then they goodness. come in and say, uh, you have kidney failure, which, <laughs> you know, I had no idea. Are you diabetic? No. Huh. No, not diabetic, and had no previous Kidney issues. I mean, it was, there was nothing, nothing in
0: hereditary in your
1: family.
3: Well, I was adopted when I was a week old. So, <laughs> did they that tell point? you what
1: your creatinine was at the time?
3: Um, I knew nothing about creatinine. I mean, I, I at that point I was drugged up, and, and I mm-hmm. ended up staying in intensive care for a couple of weeks. You know, and had family flying from Texas, and and they did tests, and uh, still weren't sure what was wrong, and, and and finally came back that I had IgA nephropathy, which is uh, technically there's nothing wrong with your kidneys, but your body creates a protein. And some people's body uh, disposes of it naturally, and mine dumps it on my kidneys, which over the course of 10, 12, 15 years, slowly uh, destroys your kidneys. Wow, I never so, heard of that.
0: So you started dialysis, and how did you become aware, Philip, that Dale needed a kidney? Was it something that was, you know, talked about at the workplace? Because you don't, like, walk into the workplace and say, hmm. I need a kidney. How did that well, at that point,
2: at that point, Dale wasn't working uh, at, at ABC anymore. He'd, he'd gone over to actually one of our competitors. Uh, he worked at Channel 2 CBS here in Los Angeles. And uh, as he was saying, you know, he was kind of out of pocket there for a little while. He was, you know, in the emergency room, intensive care. Uh, and a mutual friend of ours, a great friend of both of ours, Rob Fukusaki, who he's uh, uh, the sports guy. Oh, um, I
1: know him. And, yeah. Yes. He, he,
2: was, uh, he, he was more in contact with Dale on a regular basis than I was at the time. And so I got a call from Rob that says, you know, Dale's in intensive care. And I'm like, how? You know, and mm-hmm. so we really didn't, I, nobody knew. I mean, like Dale was saying, he was in intensive care for, I think, nine days is the number I remember. And. Nobody could identify what the problem was. We just knew that something was wrong with his kidneys and that they were failing. So, you know, I told Rob, just, you know, keep me posted. You know, let me know. And Dale being Dale, you know, after he found out what was going on and after he found out that, you know, his kidneys, because I think at that point, it was a high percentage failure. It was like, you still had like 10% to 25% function of right. the kidney, right. but we knew that they were going and, uh, you know, Dale wouldn't, didn't say anything to anybody you know? And, uh, so you kind of had to call him and I I finally called him. and said, so, so what's, what's next? And he beats around the bush and he's like, I don't know. And, you know, so most of the information I was getting was from Rob. And then finally Dale, you know, told me, he says, well, they, they tell me I might need a kidney. And I said, well, you know, let me know what, what, is next. You know, if I need to go get tested or something and of course again
1: immediately I, that was yeah. your reaction. Let that me was, know. That was yeah. your reaction. That's, That's amazing. amazing.
2: To me it's 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 a story of faith as much as it is of friendship. You know, I had read something uh, out of Sports Illustrated many years ago an article by uh, Rick Riley on uh, organ transplantation. Uh, To this day, I I always thought it was the the Alonzo Morning story, but then I think it might be the Sean Elliott story. I just know it was written by Rick Riley. He's one of Mm -hmm. my favorite authors. And uh, I'd read it, and it touched me that somebody could be a living donor. And um, at that moment, I prayed about it. And I said, you know, God, I said, I know me, and you know me, and I have a tendency to uh, forget about things, be inspired, and then forget about them. So if this is something that you ever wanted me to do, don't let me forget about it. And uh, to the point that I told my mom about it. And I talked to my mom about it those many years ago. And uh, so when Dale had a need, um, I didn't know necessarily that I'd be the match, but I knew that I needed to at least go get tested. And, you know, Dale really didn't want me to do it. He didn't want anybody to do it. In fact, it's it's a hard thing to ask somebody to do. But he had about 30 friends go do it. Wow. And I uh, ended up having three of us so really like, wow. uh,
3: check out.
1: You must be a nice guy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <You have> that <laughs> it's that pretty, friends. it's a pretty fine reflection of him, I think. Well. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it too is having friends who who are in the media. I mean, they're because when I first heard Transplant, I ignorantly acquitted it to Radical medical procedure, which you'll probably die from, you know, because I didn't know I didn't I had no idea And people like Philip, you know, took it upon themselves to research and and realize hey, you know It's something that's doable. It's not what it was, you know, and, and and so they were able to look at it intellectually and 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 see for what it was, and not have that fear factor. Do you
0: think because they are reporters that they could objectively look at it and and understand it? Is that do you think one of the reasons you knew about it so much is that you? Well, I mean, I, there was a it?
2: lot I didn't know. I knew that it was possible, um, but I didn't know. I I, I knew very little. Uh, you know, it, but what I did learn is to be tested is a blood test. Boom, you're done. You go down, you take a blood test, and then, they, then that begins the process. The process is as simple as a blood test.
0: Filling out a form and, and uh, <clears throat> yeah. taking a And then a they
2: basically, test. you know, in layman's terms, because really that's all I can understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I still can't pronounce the disease he has. But they basically take my blood and his blood and they smear them together. And they see which one is least likely to be rejected. So to be the most negative is actually a good thing. Right. You know, so they—and then then once they've determined who is least likely to be rejected, that's when the real testing begins. That's when you go through more blood work. Um, You have to—one of the fun things, you have to hold on to your urine for a 24-hour period so uh, I had a, a <laughs> gallon jug uh, that stayed in an ice chest in my car, or I carried it around with me to work, <laughs> which was quite pleasant for everyone. And then I had to turn that in, and, you know, and so they... They, they, they test you pretty you, you need to know that your health is, is good.
0: Yeah, I heard of one story once where a man was being tested for donating a kidney, and he actually found out that he had a tumor on his kidney, and they were right, able... Yeah to actually remove the tumor. I mean, he wasn't able to give the kidney, but as a result of donating the kidney, it probably saved his life.
2: There is a measure of peace that comes with all of the tests that <laughs> you go through, because you learn a lot of things. I learned I had three arteries that go to my kidneys, as opposed to just one,
3: oh, which wow. made
2: the surgery a little more complicated, but nothing they had never, uh, you know, it's not like they'd never seen that
3: before. We, we were having dinner the night before. F- Philip's family was in my family, and we were all having a dinner together. Before the surgery? Yeah, the night before, and my surgeon calls. You know, nine o'clock the night before, uh-huh. and said, you know, uh, alerted me that there were three veins running through Philip's kidney, and he felt very confident, but he felt compelled to, to tell me that. Tell you that, you know, and if I wanted to back out, <laughs> was,
0: was that too much information? <laughs> yeah, like. I was like, you know, just do your thing, Doc. You know, so. And where
1: was the surgery at?
3: Uh, Saint Vincent. Is what? that where is that in, in, uh, in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles Los Angeles, in Los, yeah. Los Angeles. Right.
1: Now did you have a family are you married with children or
2: I had no family well I mean my mother and father right. uh, sister and brother and then I had a a girlfriend at the time who as I uh, I know I we became engaged May 26th We were married two years ago in January, so I'm trying to remember exactly how it all was going, whether she was actual fiancé at that moment or not. Right. But I did tell her, and one of the things that I told her uh, is that uh, I don't need you to be a part of this, but I want you to be part Mm -hmm. of this. And I really needed her to be on board as w- my family as well. And, yeah, um, you need
0: the support.
2: Everybody was Everybody know, was. Everybody was. was totally on board, wow. except my dad for a second. You know, my for dad a second. Said, <laughs> and my dad said, you know what, son, that's, that's really great, but let me do it. I'll do it instead. If, if your blood matches, then, then my blood would It doesn't
1: be. matter that I'm 89. And That's kind of what I told him. I said, God
2: bless you, Dad, but your kidney's too old. I, you know, uh, and I don't know that it was. No, uh, cer- no. Certainly he could have gone through the testing and all, but at that point we were kind of, pretty far down the road it wasn't that he didn't want it done he was just worried for his son you know
3: yeah of course one, th- one thing that I learned as I went through the testing process was you know we were talking about 30 friends of mine going to get tested I narrowed it down to three people because I thought that they tested everybody and then whoever was most compatible they get to do it but that's not the way they do it the first one that gets tested that, is a, that does match they're it and so I staggered <laughs> it to where uh, Philip and two of my other friends results came back first because I felt they, more so than anyone else, for their own reasons, really wanted to do it and weren't doing it because everyone else was doing it or you know, they felt compelled to do it. I felt Philip, most of all, really, really genuinely wanted to do it.
2: This is the first I've heard of this, so I'm I'm uh, thinking I need to rethink
3: something.
0: (laughs) 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 Well, I've even heard that you know some of the people have decided to donate and then they back out the day before, so it is a reality where you know, and it's It's a personal decision.
2: It's it's a troubling and difficult part of living organ donation. Without going into too many details, it's psychologically uh, painful when somebody backs out. Certainly, to have your hopes up, and then all of a sudden they back out. And this happens among relatives. It happens among friends. And it's one of the things that makes anonymous donation very difficult. Um, You guys would, I'm sure, understand there are people who just want to do something. And they would love to go to a hospital, and they go to the hospital, and they say, I don't need anybody to know. I just want to do this. And and while that is uh, an incredibly genuine and generous gesture, the problem becomes it's a very labor-intensive process to find out if they're a match for someone. And then there's really, they, to put it bluntly, there's no skin in the game so far. And so the person can back out with just really no damage to themselves other than they feel a little guilty. But for the person who's the recipient who finds out someone's anonymously stepped forward to give them a kidney and we're all ready to go and here we go, we're going to do this, and then they find out they back out, it's really tough. And so that's one thing. It's a hurdle for anonymous donations. Mm -hmm. And that's one reason why many doctors like to make sure that there is already a relationship a between connection. the two people.
1: Now, didn't you have to go through some psychological
2: uh, I did. test? I did. Um, and
1: you failed that part. Did. They didn't <laughs> smile. And, well, they
2: found out I was insane. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it was, It was. Uh, I think she kind of knew that this was um, in my mind, at least, a mere formality and that I was eating egg rolls and just having dinner while she's sitting there. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going through this. You know, we can, I'll answer any questions you have. But, you know, and she was more than nice. She was very nice. But it, it is, it, you know, they need to find out if there's a financial motivation. Mm-hmm. Uh but but yeah, to see if you if he offered right. you money. Well, and,
0: yeah, How did it, but most the health insurance know. work? How did that work?
3: The the donor doesn't have to pay for anything ever. And so, you know, they insurance um pays for, you know, a bulk of it. And I think uh Medicare kicks in at some point. I'm not no, sure. There's
0: Yeah, it does. Medicare kicks in, but your insurance you didn't have to pay for I anything. I
3: didn't mean nothing. No, not even any blood tests,
2: nothing. But again, you know, that's... You did tip the nurse. I did, you know. It always helps, because I did.
1: You know, you were talking about the anonymous donor. That's Mm -hmm. my story, is that... Somebody called up and said, you know, I, I love your movies and everything and mm-hmm. I'll give you a kidney. They did it through a third person. Mm-hmm. And I, to this day, I don't know who it is. Wow. wow. And he said, all I want is I don't want you to have any publicity. Well, and this. you know, the
2: thing is, up there's because we ended up doing a 30-minute special after this happened about a year later to make sure that people understood what we'd gone through and that everybody was okay. Uh, I did a little research into anonymous donations and, uh, you know, there's this illusion by many people who think, ah. Famous people get bumped up on the list, right. but the doctor explained to me, and the people with Unos and, and uh, One Legacy and Donate Life, they all explained to me, it's not some, it's not that famous people are bumped up on the list. It's we know about famous people on the list. Right. You know, it's not that Larry Hagman got moved up because everybody knows who Larry Hagman is. It's everybody knows who Larry Hagman is, and when he got it it became a news story. Right. And, and so your story is a perfect example of that. Right. It's not that, that you got a transplant because somebody knew who, you, you know, because...
1: But it was, it was only. It, it, it was
2: only because that person knew you. And that right. person chose to right. do this. It's or not it you like didn't get you. bumped up any higher <laughs> right. because of who you were. No, but it, but it's wasn't just the, you were given something. because of The controversy of, who
1: you of David Crosby, Crosby being bumped up on the list.
2: Again, I don't know enough about that to know if he was bumped up because mm-hmm. of, he was David Crosby. I just know that if you're that sick, mm-hmm. you're moving up. Sadly. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it, you don't choose to move up that right. list. You get moved up that list because you're
3: near death. Well, because, that's yeah. what was held us up actually, because we were, had everything ready to go, but we had to wait for the process of me actually being on the right. list to be eligible. So when I got back from the surgery, got back home, I received something in the mail. Congratulations. You're on the list. <laughs>
1: you got, <laughs> we had, you're, you were picked. So you, even though you had a donor, right. you had to still get on the list? Yes. Wow. That's
3: interesting. And that's what took, you know, we would have had it done even quicker. But wow. we had to wait for that. Had to, the, you know, well, yeah, I mean,
2: the thing is, from the moment I received the call that I was the match, it was one week from when we actually had the surgery. But there was a lot of stuff that went on before they okay. ever let me go to that step. Mm-hmm. You know, so Dale, like he's saying, he had to get on. You know, there were all these right. things from, from all the paperwork, insurance paperwork. Yes. All this. I mean, I knew I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I knew I was ready to go forward. But we still think we've set some sort of land speed record from the moment that, from, from
0: the moment they called you to to say, I remember I was,
2: yeah, I was sitting on my bed in my bedroom having just gotten out of the shower. They said, uh, You're the most negative. And I thought that meant I wasn't going to be it and so I was kind of bummed at first this is we've goes, talked
1: to people at work and you yeah, are you are most, you are the <laughs> most negative, negative person, person we've ever met in our life
2: uh, but from that moment that phone call from Natasha who is our organ transplant right. coordinator uh, it was one week one week before so when ceremony. you got that call
1: even though in your mind this is the thing I'm doing it he's my friend when you got that call saying you're a match we're ready to go did it was it like <gasps> there
2: is yeah that's when it becomes reality yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I hung up that phone and took a deep breath and sat there and was like you know Okay. You know.
0: So you're having dinner the night before surgery. What's you know? What's the conversation? What are you guys talking about? I mean, it's so crazy. Well, we had
3: probably twenty five <laughs> or thirty people there, so it was. Wow. You know, it was. I, hey, I Dale really, paid for dinner that night, yes kind of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so maybe there was a financial <laughs> <you would say, laughs> yes, I got a free dinner I, out of actually, it. Actually, you know who paid, you know who paid for that entire dinner? Actually, Doctor Wilson. Oh yeah. No, yeah had yeah, nothing to true. do. He's a UCLA doctor and had nothing to do with. Uh, he was the well, one that uh, initially diagnosed me, and we go way back, but.
0: So everybody was celebrating because you're going to get this new chance of life. Because over 80,000 people are waiting for kidneys, and it's a five to seven year wait. Yeah, mine was between the seven
1: years. For yeah, me. In, the,
0: in the Los Angeles area. Right. So you could still be How on. Long the, ago you just was celebrated celebrate your three years, right? Uh,
1: right. Uh, two and a half years ago, and and I'm very proactive. And um, they said seven years. I said, you know, oh my gosh, you know. So I went. I went on the internet and I I found other places outside the area. So I also registered in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and which was a, a two year wait. And I already had 18 months in. So they told me when I went up to Oregon, they told me to go home and pack a bag and leave it by the door because you can get a call at any moment. And six months went by and never got a call. And then uh, I got this call from a third person saying, I think I have a kidney for you. And then a week later, Oregon called. (laughs) And it was an older man, uh, 49, and he was in Connecticut. So it would have been out of his body like 36 hours. So Mm -hmm. I decided to wait the extra two weeks and get the live donor.
2: Well, you know, you mentioned something that that is, I think, uh, 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 one thing that was working in Dale's favor and maybe mine as well, was the proactive aspect of it. I tell people, anybody, really in any phase of your life, but certainly when it comes to your health, you you have to go forward. You have to move forward. And everybody, Natasha, when she would talk about, wow, you guys may have set this record from being a week, and I said, well, I don't understand. Well, what's, what's generally the weight? And she goes, you'd be surprised how many people... They wait on the next step, and they wait <clears throat> to be told what to do next, and then they think about it for a little while longer. And I've always told people, y- you got to go you got to move yeah. forward. You, you can't wait. If you get a diagnosis you don't like, fine. Talk to another doctor and see what they say. You It's your health. It's your life. You have to move forward. You have to be proactive.
3: Right. I could not agree with that more. And I was very proactive as far as I was bothering people on the phone. You know, hey, what's going on? What are we waiting for? You know, why aren't we getting this done? And I I, I was really, you know, doing everything. And it, it breaks your heart because as I sat getting dialysis, you know, and you talk to people next to you and. And they're just waiting, they 're so passive about just waiting for the system to come to them and waiting you know yeah. and, and I we would encourage everyone it. since my transplant i mean i every every time I talk to someone, I tell them to be proactive and and I met people who had already been approved there's a, a father and a daughter you know the the, the, the dad's on dialysis, and she 's already matched, and months and years go by, and nothing happens and, right. and, and, and you have to
0: really push the system right. because you know, they're overwhelmed with um, cases. I mean, when you start to see the volume that some of these centers (laughs) have
1: UCLA. I mean, but but it's all
0: is just such a need and I mean I've had this transplant almost Twenty years and it's amazing it works I mean and mine was a deceased donor so it's amazing that Which it's just
1: really good. beating the odds because I am 11 years, years is the life of a deceased donor
0: and you know back then living donation other than if it wasn't your parents wasn't really an option so that was the only option you had 20 years ago but yeah it's pretty exciting how
1: far transplant has come yeah. now the, have you noticed anything different in your life now that you have one kidney
2: and uh, this is going to sound very strange. Uh, the, the biggest difference I've noticed is that there's no difference.
1: Oh, uh, I thought you were going to say you're a better editor now. No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dale is. He's more of a man now than he's ever been. I think been. he's
0: grown a few uh, inches, right? <laughs> no, I,
2: I actually, uh, it's, it's a very strange thing to look at yourself and go, wow, you're different but I don't notice it. Mm-hmm. The kidney function is the same.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: I think I'm aware of my health. I'm, I'm, you know, I try to make sure that I take care of myself. I can't take um, drugs from the Depakine family, um, so you know, Aleve. Um, you know, I, I pretty I much, feel, yeah. I, I take, I take, um, you know, Tylenol, I know. and I take Bayer. But you know, the, the 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 coincidence here is I never took them before. I've nice. seen too many yeah. people have kidney problems from overuse with those mm-hmm. types of drugs, and this is not a slam on anti-inflammatory drugs. I'm not meaning it that way. It's just people have a tendency to take too much. Sometimes they don't. They don't know.
0: Moderation. Hey, I, I, I
2: need to. <laughs> I should. I should follow the guidelines on the side of this pill bottle and not take more than nine a day or something. Right. So I just, you know, I just never took them. But the the thing is, I mean, I, my kidney is likely. I, I haven't measured it, um, but it supposedly grows. Um. To to fill the area that it needs to, you know, it, it assumes. I keep track of my creatinine levels.
1: What is your creatinine now?
2: I don't know. Um, uh. <laughs> you know, it's it's it's, it's not. Uh, certainly, it's okay. I guess because most re- I most I have high cholesterol, so I get, re- re- you know, regular blood tests to check the mm-hmm. cholesterol and uh, my doctor looks at the creatinine level and he didn't mention it. He doesn't it. mention it and if so it's, it's fine. Yeah, if it's, it's, it's fine. I'm sure. And what is your creatinine?
3: Mine is 1.1. 1. 1. 1.1? Wow. I, just, I, just, I just had it done I gave a him a good ago. kidney? Yeah. yeah Don't act so surprised. It's a, it's a giant. Philip and I are both big guys and he gave me this. I, th- I think the doctors were even amazed at the size of the kidney. So, so it was like a I'm carrying or around a porterhouse. You know, three <laughs> really? pound porterhouse. Yeah. Well,
0: one thing I'm curious about, did the kidney work like right away? Because um, my mm-hmm. last transplant didn't work for three weeks. Wow. And so, you know, that's always a big fear is like you go into surgery, you come out. Did it work right away?
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There was uh, I mean, Philip can tell it better than I can about how it, it, it uh, turned pink <laughs> right away or, or you know, because I had it out of, out of his body and into mine in how, how long, less than a minute, 30 seconds? No, it was longer than that. They, oh.
2: But it, it, it was within a half an hour, you know. And right. uh, we have the unique experience of access to video of the surgery. Oh wow! I mean, I've actually seen okay. someone pull an organ out of my body, um, put it in a tray. That must it have off. been
1: really weird. Yeah, uh, I chose not to watch
2: it. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily recommend watching surgery on your own body. It, is, yeah. uh, it was very strange, and it's stuff that we didn't use in the special because it can be somewhat graphic. Yeah. Um, but. They, they. I also had two different people that I know very well that were in the room. Um, my best, one of my best friends, was the photographer in my room, uh-huh. and then another great guy named Wes uh, was in the other room with Dale doing his surgery. So we had two cameras in two rooms, and we were able to. I was able to talk to him afterwards, and uh, my good friend Brett Wood, uh, an Emmy-winning photographer, uh, was saying, you know, he was struck by. The professionalism of the doctors, which is not necessarily something you think about, but you hope for. And he said, you know, they just were so confident in what they were doing. There wasn't any joking around, but there was this play-by-play almost with what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wes was telling me about how they put it in Dale. And that's the thing that was fascinating to me because they take the kidney out. They put it in a tray. They rinse it off. Um, they flush all of my blood out of it. And then they put it in him. And it, in, in, in the video of it, it's this gray obviously lifeless organ in a tray and then he said they take this there's basically a hole punch and they punch holes in dale's artery three of them boom 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 and they have clamps on either side of that artery and then they they sew them on they sew those three arteries three veins onto that artery and they sew it up and the doctor looks over at wes and he goes you want to see something cool and wes is like yeah and He goes, watch right here. And he looks down at the kidney, Mm -hmm. and he takes those two clamps off. And it goes from gray to bright red and starts to work right then.
0: It fills Mm -hmm. up with blood. And I I
2: never thought it would be neat to hear somebody say, It's producing urine. (laughs) And it was right away. Yeah, my doctor
1: said we took, he says, the kidney was great. He says, we took it from the stranger's body. His -hmm. name is Mark. That's all I know. Mm -hmm. And he says, as we're carrying it over, it was peeing. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah. and he, says, I, he
1: said he knew it was a good kitty. Now I wonder, you know, you had all that photography, and mm-hmm. I, I always think of when Katie Couric had her colonoscopy on television. <laughs> you know how many crew members were there?
2: Uh-huh. There were there were just two. There were there was a photographer, in, um, Brett Wood was in my room, and then Wes was in uh, in uh, Dale's room. So we only had two. But there was a uh, there was one of our medical producers was there, and mm-hmm. so she was she was watching off in the background. But it's a pretty crowded it's room, pretty, you know, with uh, all of the people there. Out.
1: And what kind of music did they? play?
2: Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can't rec- quite recall. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't know that, I don't know that they, um, I, don't, I don't recall. They I, I saw the tape music, and I don't yeah. remember them playing a whole lot of
3: um, Once they gave Phillips a verset, he, I don't think he remembers much after that. Oh, I, I, I tell
2: you what, I didn't realize how funny I was until they gave me a lot of uh, drugs and I couldn't remember a thing I said, but I watched the tape and there was some good stuff. Well, I,
3: the problem there was, was I had to sit stuff. there because they, they drug him first because obviously he's hours ahead of me. In the timeline, so I'm laying there and he's having all the fun with the drugs, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there, you know, sober, just out, you know, waiting to see what's going to happen.
0: So, well, how long did it take you to recover from when you know you had the surgery? You you you're in the hospital, and what is it? Well, what was because, it like before you went back to work and felt like you were normal again? Well, my,
2: my job requires me to sit and talk, so it's uh, <laughs> it's not the most labor intensive job out there in the world. But you know, you're at risk for a hernia. Uh, after surgery because they move your muscles around inside your body you certainly have some sutures um you know i guess everybody asks me the size of my scar it's it's probably you know seven or eight inches long right so they didn't do it
1: laparoscopically uh,
2: yeah they did but they have to have a hole to get the they have three puncture wounds on my side and then they have that eight inch scar you know right above my groin and that's where they pull it out so that's where they pull the kidney out. So you have to give that time to heal. From surgery until when I began resuming a normal lifestyle, which for me, I, I do triathlons, I play golf. Uh, it was two months. I gave myself two months from surgery to the first time I swung a go- started swinging a golf club again. But I was back at work in eight days.
3: How long uh, were you in the hospital? A, a, three days?
2: Uh, I, we had Two surgery days, on a Wednesday, and I was
3: out on a Friday. Wow. That, the very next wow. morning, at 4 in the morning, he was doing a live shot with Good Morning America and went downstairs to oh, the yeah, first floor of the hospital and did a fantastic interview. Yeah, so I think I was still
2: a little high at that point. <laughs> my wife, My wife did get fairly upset with me because... You know, again, the, the surgical procedures anymore are so amazing. You know, you have a knee replacement and they've got you walking that day. Right. You know, right. they wanted us up and moving around. And I'm not going to say, I, I, I'm always very careful when we have these types of discussions because this isn't for everyone. Um, this was my choice, mm-hmm. and I'm more than happy to talk about the difficulties and the joys that I had. But it still boils down to an individual making the choice. I'm sure Mark has any number of things that he could counsel somebody, but he would probably say the same thing. This isn't for everyone. And I don't want to make somebody feel guilty if they choose not to do it. It's just such a personal choice. But um, eight days after surgery, I was back working. I did half days. I would go in, I would do the morning show, and I would go home and rest. And I, I frequently tell people, I probably went back a little too soon. Um, I probably needed another week or so before I was able to get up and around. But they do want you up and walking. Mm -hmm. They want you walking around the block. They want you, you know, getting your body back and letting it heal itself. They want you out of the hospital and back home so you're in your own germs and you're not getting something from the Mm -hmm. hospital. But, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, you're not supposed to drive within six weeks, but, you know, don't tell anybody I was driving much sooner than that. But, again, it's because they don't want you making sudden motions like, you know, Gas pedal the brake real fast. Um, I have a mile drive to work. And so that's one reason why I thought, you know, I should be okay, but I, I'll never admit that under oath. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it is, it's a doable process though. It, it was again, two months out of my life and my friends not on dialysis.
0: And, and Dale is, you know, pursuing his career as an actor and it's been oh, about three years,
3: yeah.
0: three years since you've had uh, your transplant. Three, three
3: years on March 7th
0: and it's Mm -hmm. amazing you know that i mean you look great you
2: both look great my wife said he looked she could see the difference the next day
3: well i I had uh the the morning I, i woke up i was itching like crazy. I was scratching my skin and I was like, what's going on? And the, the kidney was working so well, it was flushing all the toxins out of my body mm-hmm. that my old kidneys had been uh, unable to do. And right. so,
0: and how long did it take you to feel good and back to your um, Honestly, old you tricks?
3: Know, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a relative question, but yeah. the next morning I was, you know, I felt, I could definitely feel the difference right when I woke up. I, I felt better right away.
2: It's amazing. That was one of those things that I actually, at one point, had to put my foot down. Um, because he felt so good, uh, he began to get frustrated um, because we—he he went through his bubble boy status. I'm sure you remember this, Stephen. said, "You know, you have to stay at home, and you know, you can't—you know—you have mm-hmm. to be kind of secluded from everybody until they right. get your anti-rejection medicines down." And you know, Dale was ready to get out and get going, and he wasn't allowed to leave the country um, for a year uh, because you just don't want to be in another area and not be able to get. The, the medical Good. treatment you need that we get here in the United States. And by the way, for all of the criticism of the medical uh, care in this country, uh, I, I would challenge anybody in the world to get the treatment that we got. <clears throat> so I remember Dale wanted to go to my wedding, which we did it in Turks and Caicos, and his doctors had said, no, you can't go. Where, where did you do your year. wedding? Turks and Caicos. What is it's that? It's in the Caribbean. It's an island. Oh. And uh, it, it was it was wonderful, and Dale was going to go to the wedding, but it was within a year of surgery. And he's going, I don't care, I'm going. And that's when I put my foot down. I said, no, you're not. You know, it's my we, kidney. We, we <laughs> went through this. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and, and nothing it happened. Is. Nothing would have happened. This is, the, this is what the doctors told him to do. Mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. And that's when I put my foot down and said, you, I know you feel great. But if something were to happen, then we did all of this for nothing.
3: And that being said, how I was you know, gung-ho and cavalier about it, I did everything you know to uh, I was very cautious I i stayed at home for six weeks if, and if somebody came over I wore the mask and I'd tell this to other people and they're like that's crazy you know and, and so my doctors really erred on the side of caution by keeping me you know in my as Philip called it my bubble boy status and I you know I'm very uh meticulous about taking my medications I mean I uh I mean I I can count on one hand in three years the amount of times that I've even taken them late you know and so uh, because I feel like, you know, I'm, you know, I didn't want and Philip to have to go through this. precious gift. Thing. Exactly. Well, he
0: can't go through it again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but,
0: you know, this is,
2: this is a, this is a good time to, to mention something that I think they're, they're, they're at least discussing in Washington, D.C. Um, as I understand it, Dale's anti-rejection medicine, uh, isn't going to be covered under insurance, uh, After three years. After Uh, uh, 36 months,
0: yeah. We're coming
2: up on right now. (laughs) And and to me, the idiocy and the hypocrisy or the silliness of our country is that um, they would pay for his incredibly expensive surgery. Um, They would pay for three years of anti-rejection medicines but then they won't pay after that and and for all of the conservatives out there who I consider myself one a, a very fiscally conservative it's a it's a bad decision financially for this country because what's going to end up happening if Dale can't pay for his anti-rejection medication he'll
1: go back on dialysis he'll go back
2: on dialysis mm. which the government will pay for we'll again pay for it. and, it's and the very government expensive. will also pay for another kidney transplant and the government will also pay for 3 years if he just starts the process all over again well now that seems to me mm. fairly silly go ahead and pay for the anti rejection medicine and then you have a person that's productive in the society going to work every day paying taxes all the time and not on dialysis which is expensive and not needing another kidney so it's not to me it's not about hey gimme 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 it's like hey let's save something here right. you know and it it needs to be you know well the addressed. renal support
0: network is is as a number of other organizations have worked diligently on this and in the last uh, part of healthcare reform we were closer than ever as possibly, um, the House of Representatives did introduce it in their bill, and the Senate had it in their bill, but it got cut um, as an amendment. And then, Maybe you know, that's why Senate it's going to be go such through. an
2: expensive health care bill, because this would save money. I
0: and, and, you know, <laughs> yes. and it's a, it even made it to something called, uh, there was some talk, and I never heard this term, but that a Senate can order a manager's amendment. Which it doesn't have to have a pay for, and so we were really close. But we all know that healthcare reform, nothing went through, and so you but know. see, this it is, is one getting... of my reasons
2: why it needs. When you talk about reform, we need to do it in piecemeal. We don't need to do it in one big lump sum. Too many things get lost in the shuffle. I didn't right. even know this was part of the healthcare reform, right. and I'm sure many people didn't.
3: You right. know,
2: but if you present it as, if you look at this topic individually there's just no way that you would say that this is the smart thing to do to let anti-rejection medication run out in three years. you got to take it for your life.
0: Well, we're going to D.C. in June, and we'd like you to join us. You will yeah. go storm the Capitol and you know talk to yeah. senators and House uh, members. and. It does make a difference. You have I to mean, go to the I,
1: training session, though, the, uh, how to get the uh, flex cuffs off and, <laughs> and stuff like that, right, before I you go get, to I'll D.C. Ahead
3: of time.
0: I want to thank everybody for being a guest. Steven, Dale, Phillips, I'm your I'm not a hero. guest.
1: I'm not a guest, Laura.
0: Okay, you're not a guest you're today.
1: It. We can control our own destiny.
0: We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options.
2: We can form partnerships with our health care team.
0: We can take steps towards self-improvement.
2: We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our
3: family.
0: We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives.
3: We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow.
1: We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams.
0: We can make a difference.